All right, joining me now on Nagler's Never Right, only the 10th person in the history of the world to hold the title general manager of the Green Bay Packers. It's Brian Gutekunst. Brian, how are you today? I'm doing great. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, I think in light of current events, I clearly have to lead with an obvious question here, which is, what is the handle of your burner Twitter account? <laughs> you have to ask my wife. Oh, very good. Nice. Well played. Look at that. He's even up to date. For anyone who doesn't know, yeah, just no. Google the 76ers and Twitter. That's right. You'll, you'll yeah. But, okay, but in, in seriousness, though, are you on Twitter? Do you monitor it? Do you have people to do that for you? How do you attack social media? Yeah, well, obviously, Jason and our PR department do a wonderful job of kind of monitoring a lot of that stuff. I will say, as a scout, um, this goes back uh, all the way back to MySpace days, where actually, when that, those things first started popping up as a scout, you would actually try to monitor those stuff just um, kind of, quite frankly, get background information about players. And I know, our, obviously, our scouts still do some of that stuff. Uh, I don't particularly do that as much anymore, um, and I'm not any good at it, I can promise you that, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, right. But but there are a lot of our guys that do monitor some of that stuff. Now, I'm not going to belabor your backstory or history of where you came from. I think a lot of that, we obviously wrote about it. Everybody's covered it since you got the job. I like, I kind of akin to, you know, an origin story when you go to a movie and they spend all this time talking about how a guy became who he is and you got to wait till the next movie to get to the action. I think we're just going to dive right in and assume everyone knows well, your okay. your story, so to speak. Uh, let's go to, say, like a week before you got the job when Mark Murphy is up there talking about, you know, he's being asked questions and he point blank said, general manager will have the power to hire and fire the head coach. Now we fast forward a week and you are hired, except you are not given that responsibility and you're told that there's going to be this separation of power, so to speak. What was your initial reaction to that? And was that something that came up in the interview process? And like, what was your kind of... A, initial reaction to you know the, the yeah. separation of powers it, it was it was certainly different than what i had been exposed to here in green bay you know and so it, it it took some i needed some time to kind of process it i think the thing to me that um, made it okay with me was the people right you know i think the relationships that i had with uh, obviously with mark and then uh, mike mccarthy and russ ball i think that uh, uh that's what made it okay uh and it made it easier for me um, but it was certainly something I, w I hadn't, you know, hadn't seen or been a part of uh, in my professional career. Um, but um, kind of after, you know, able to process it, I was uh, pretty excited about the opportunity to continue working here uh, with the relationships with those guys I mentioned, but also with uh, the scouting staff and, and so many other people that are here. So, um, but it did, you know, it was something that um, wasn't expecting, but um, uh, pretty happy about where we're at with it now. One of those people, one of those scouts even now, is the man you replaced in Ted Thompson. Obviously, you've spoken effusively praising him and uh, his mentorship and what he means to you as a friend. Uh, how is it replacing your mentor? How has it been having him in the building? Yeah. It's been excellent. Uh, I was, you know, I was um, talking to some people earlier today just about you know, most of the time when, when you're lucky enough to have an opportunity to become a general manager, it's, it's somewhere where it's, you're probably working with a head coach you've never worked with before. You're working with scouts you've never worked with before, and it's all new. To be able to do that um, here, not only with having relationships with the entire staff and the head coach, but then also having the guy that really showed you the way to how to do this job right there with you the entire way, it was, it was a blessing that I just, you could never really imagine. And the, 
the more, the longer I go, I sit in this chair, the more appreciative I am of having all that. And, um, it's just something, like I said, it's very unique. Um, but I feel blessed to be in, in that situation because it's, it's, um, it certainly uh, made the job, the transition and the job much easier. You know, speaking of mentors, you, you spoke uh, a few times, but, uh, kind of pointedly saying when you were first hired, uh, about Scott McLuhan and what, uh, you know, he really influenced you in your formative years on the job. And now that he's finished his work with the Browns, he's back out consulting. Have you entertained the idea of bringing him in at all, either as, on a permanent basis or as a consultant? Um, I, I don't think so, not at this time. I mean, I, I talk, I've talked to Scott multiple times over the past four months, and I think he's very happy in Colorado and doing kind of what he's doing. And, um, you know, obviously we have some really, you know, qualified guys that are here kind of doing everything we need to get done so um you know i, I always uh let, you know appreciate our conversations he's a very talented scout always has been and certainly uh, i have a lot of loyalty to scott for kind of the, you know what he did for me when i was a young scout um but not at this time one other personnel thing before we get to the, the squad you've assembled here I, I know my former colleague bob mcginn reported that you attempted to hire your former coaching colleague uh ravens national scout milt hendrickson to be your assistant GM, I, I, you know, reportedly that move was denied. I don't really need you to go too much into that, but do you think the NFL needs to loosen up restrictions when it comes to these personnel moves? I mean, I know you had a history of interviewing for GM jobs. Obviously, teams have denied permission for other teams to uh, interview guys, you know, league-wide. It seems almost like there's not much of – I know there is a bit of a kind of a loose – structure of how they're supposed to go about it but it seems like they've gotten better in regards to getting coaches in front of decision makers do they need to loosen up some of these reins on the personnel side do you think yeah i, I don't know i see it from both sides uh, i certainly see it from you know i've been in a situation where uh you know you've been denied an opportunity but at the same time there's certainly security and a contract and having a contract and um the club has to protect itself as well so i, I see it from both sides um, but it's, um, you know, uh, usually, uh, I think as long as there's open conversations, those, those decisions can, can be, you know, figured out. Right. Now getting to, uh, you know, your first, your first team, uh, it's your first roster that you've assembled. Obviously we're here on the last day of minicamp. How do you feel looking at the squad through the off season? You're at the conclusion of your off season program. Did you accomplish what you wanted to from a team building standpoint? I know you told us in Indianapolis you're never really set. You never feel great about everything. Right. You're always looking to improve. But how do you feel this first off season has gone for you? Yeah, I think like you said, I think it's kind of one of those things you're constantly trying to uh, look for ways to improve your squad. But you know, from from early January when uh, you know the transition happened till now, I feel really good about what our group's been able to do. Um, really proud of kind of the preparation phases, not only through free agency um, and then through the draft and, and how we're going about our business now. So uh, I feel good about it. Um, you never feel completely all tucked in at night. You always have some <laughs> you know, concerns here or there. Right. But um, I really I really like the process and, and the way our staff and, and group are, groups are working together and uh, feel like that uh, as we go forward that the answers we're looking for, we're going to be able to to, to find and uh, there's a lot of optimism optimism right now a lot of energy and uh, that's always a good thing and i think everybody's 
pretty eager to kind of get you know get back here at the end of July and, and, and start working towards what we want to accomplish. How hard is that for you? I mean, I know it's funny because Mike Pettin talked about it a little bit yesterday. I've spoken to guys about it. I mean, I I go through it. That idea that okay, it's July. That's kind of the one little you know that couple week dead area in the NFL calendar. You have you are there's pressure on you almost to get away. You know what I mean? And recharge. Yeah, sure. How hard is it? Because I know I find it, and I know I talk to coaches and players who go through the same thing, where you can't shut off your brain when it comes to football or your job yeah. is, is you know, for roster building or talent acquisition or what have you. Uh, how hard is it to kind of turn it off for a few weeks? It, it could be hard. I, I, got a, uh, I got the luxury of having uh, you know, four children and a wife at home. We keep us pretty busy with a lot of things, other things <laughs> right. to focus on during this time. A lot of baseball games, soccer games, those things. But I think also for me, just we'll get out of town for a little bit, and that's always helpful. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's um, you know, when you're passionate about uh, this this organization and this, this this team, like most of us are, are it is. It's you know, it's never far from you, and uh, you're always you know looking for opportunities to to uh, to to compete and to improve your team, even even during this slow time. Looking at player acquisition, you've had a couple now in the last a couple signings here late in the process. Um, I'll start with Mercedes Lewis. Is that a guy who, I know last year you, uh, the the group, the personnel group, targeted Quinton Dial and Ahmad Brooks, these guys who you expected to come loose from the 49ers. Did you expect Lewis to come free from the Jaguars? Because th- that's a guy who I think could, that could be a significant signing really late in the process for not a lot of money. I mean, is this something you had your eye on for, for a while? You know, uh, I don't, I don't think that's something we expected for him to come loose. I, you know, um, obviously he'd been a, not only a really good player for them, but then also an exceptional um, leader and team teammate there. So I didn't, I don't think we really expected you go through a lot of scenarios of possibilities and certainly, um, you know, um, his name might've been one that popped up any veteran player uh, kind of guys that pop up, but um you know, for us, I just think it, you know we're we're tickled that we were able to get him. Uh, he uh, not only as a player, but just uh, this guy's you know he's got the, the the amount of experience he has at that position is uh, I think really going to be valuable to us. I think you know that's a tight end position is one of those positions that it's uh, it's really tough for young players to come in and make an impact. Um, and uh, you know, obviously, Mercedes with as much experience as he has, not only in the passing game but as a blocker as well. I think I think is something that's going to hopefully provide a lot of uh, um, positive things for us coming forward. Now, the other late addition, as we call them uh, here on the roster, is Byron Bell. Uh, That's, you know, obviously you guys had him in last year for a visit. He ended up signing down in Dallas, so clearly you guys like him. Uh, Is this, I mean, uh, just strictly speaking, looking on the outside here, I don't know nothing from nothing, but this guy played a lot of tackle you have a real big question mark when it comes to week one, who's going to be your starting tackle. Is this a uh, pretty obvious insurance policy in case Brian's not ready to go? I think it's, you know, more so for us, it was a, it was a, you know, we had an opportunity to add a guy who not only has, um, you know, started and played tackle, but guard as well. Yeah. In fact, I think it's, you know, right guard, right tackle. And obviously he started a couple of games last year at left tackle. So the versatility there, um, having a, a guy that's going to be able to compete with our group that has you know 40 some starts under his belt, um, I think that uh, was just something that was attractive to us. Uh, we got a chance to meet him last year when we brought him in. We really liked the guy; thought he'd be a good fit for uh, you know the culture here. So um, you know it was kind of 
it was one of those things that as we as we moved on, it was just we felt it would improve the entire group, and um, we're happy, you know we're happy to kind of bring them in and do it. You mentioned the culture in Green Bay. You said something at the draft that st- stuck with me, and I've really wanted to ask you about it. My Twitter followers probably know exactly where I'm about to go because I threw some thoughts out there on this subject. You were asked mm-hmm. if you ever pass or would pass on talented players due to character concerns, and you didn't hesitate to confirm that you will or you would or you have. Now, the, the yep. term character concerns, in quotes, that covers a lot. You know, judging from yep. the responses I got on Twitter when I put this out there and in my inbox, many people jump right to, the guy's committed crimes or the guy's, a, you know, a bad dude or whatever, <laughs> right. which that's not how I read that exchange. Uh, yeah. I, you've spoken a lot on the type of character you want in the Packers locker room. And, and indeed, right. you seemingly traded a guy who could have helped you this year because you thought perhaps he didn't fit the culture you were trying to build. How do you determine who is or isn't a character fit and how do you guard against cutting off your nose despite your face if you're passing or moving on from genuine talent when you're doing so? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we you know we kind of break it up into a couple things. Obviously there's personal character which was kind of some of the things you were talking about from a an off the field um um you know, situations that guys might stub their toe in. There's also, you know, what we call football character, which is kind of about how they prepare the passion for the game, uh, physical and mental toughness. There's, so there's, there's a couple of those, um, you know, things that we talk about. Um, and I think it's just, you know, we, it, it really comes down to Aaron, like, quite frankly, it's, it's the work of our scouts on the ground. Um, they're the ones that are in the schools. They're talking to the people who have had history with these players for three or four years, um, and even going further back, um, you know, and, and trying to really kind of figure out what makes these guys tick. And, and um, you know, if we start to see things that, you know, aren't, aren't going to be fit, obviously, then we'll probably shy away. But at the same time, you know, it's, I think there's certainly a little bit of a sliding scale with your talent, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. know, if, uh, the more talent, the more talented you are, obviously, the more, oppor- you know, more opportunities and chances you may, you may get. But, uh um, yeah, I think each each case is different, um, and that's why, quite frankly, and we've always done this here, but we put so much stock into what our scouts uh, on the road, um, their work, and why it's so critically important that uh, that, that they're in the schools and that they have a very good, uh, you know, hand on, on on who these these guys are, you know, because it's not just about everything being nice in the locker room. There's 53 guys in there, they're not always going to see see things the same way, but um, but they got to love. You know, we really like them to love football. Um, and uh, be able to kind of you know get through uh, the what what it takes to be an NFL player, which isn't easy. So that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, going back, sticking with kind of the draft time, I said like that was an exchange you had at the draft. Speaking of the draft, mm-hmm. how quickly did you pull the trigger when you got the call from the Saints? And I know you don't get the call directly, but when you got that call, you're sitting there, you're finally on the clock, it's your first pick, and you get an offer for next year's one. Uh, mm-hmm to move to for the saints to jump up how quickly did that decision happen well i think it's a, you know it's kind of one of those things like there's calls the two weeks leading up to the draft that kind of heat up so you kind of you field a lot of these calls and quite frankly with with this particular one i did field on my own just because i have a relationship with jeff ireland um but these a lot of these conversations are happening the two weeks before the draft mm-hmm. and so you kind of start to get an idea of what might be available whether that's moving up moving back um and then obviously you know while while the draft is happening, the picks before you, there's more, more conversations than calls. So really I've always been a big believer that you let the board talk to you and, and where we were sitting at the time, uh, we had a certain amount of players that we thought were pretty you know, close in value. 
And um, when that call came, um, uh, realizing that uh, how hard it is to to pick up an extra first round pick, and then also feeling pretty good about the ability to get back up uh, and get get the same player value where we were sitting, um, just it just made sense to me. And um, you know, sitting here right now, I'm really you know feel really fortunate how everything has worked out. Now, the organization has made it very clear that uh, they expect to get something done with Aaron's Aaron Rodgers contract you know, sooner rather than later. Uh, it, it certainly seems to have forward momentum. Uh, all sides seem to be, you know, <laughs> kind of coalesced about, around the idea of something happening prior to, uh, I'm not going to say training camp or the season, but sometime so- soon-ish. How much do you find yourself thinking during, not just during that process, I guess, but like just in general when you're watching Aaron Rodgers throw the ball around in the offseason, etc. Now you're the man in charge. How often do you find yourself thinking, I have to find the next guy? Uh, uh, you know, not probably not as much as you think. I think, obviously, uh, being hired by Ron Wolf and growing up in this system with Ted Thompson as a scout, you're always looking for quarterbacks. We've always kind of uh, operated under the um, thought process that, uh, you know, you're never going to pass up you know, guys you think can play at that position because we just think it's that important. Um, but, I, you know, lo- looking for the – I'm really, quite frankly, just more just concerned as, uh, more than anything with this season and uh, trying to do everything we can to, to win this year. Um, but at the same time, as, you, as we evaluate college quarterbacks and anybody else that might be available out there, you're always, you know, um, you get hyper aware if, if you think they can really play um, – does it make sense to add those guys to your roster? I've been speaking with Brian Gutekunst, the general manager of the Green Bay Packers. Brian, I can't thank you enough for the time. I'm going to let you go and hit up that uh, that garage fridge and your spotted cows. I <laughs> uh, hope you have a great summer, and I'll see you in Green Lining, Bay. Okay, lining kugels and Miller Lights. Let's get that one right. Okay. Oh, there we go. Oh, so it's changed. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, there we go. Uh, thanks a lot for the time, and have a great summer, man. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it.